Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is uh, Darren Lemley. He's a co-founder at Square Roots Kitchen. Uh, they're a technology-based, healthy, quick-service restaurant. So, uh, Darren, how are you doing? Doing great, Richard. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, so tell me about uh, how did the concept for the restaurant start and, uh, you know, tell me how it functions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I, I got the idea for this concept sort of uh, in the middle of my journey in entrepreneurship. I'd started another company called Downbeats, which is a brand of high-fidelity earplugs for concerts uh, in 2012. And about a year and a half into that, once that had gotten more to the point of automation, and I had really understood that I was shifting my career from a previous career in finance to being a full-time entrepreneur and just being a creator of ideas and, and, and companies. Um, as a healthy eater myself, I really saw that there was a big gap in the market in terms of uh, customizable healthy food. And the main thing for me that I saw was that as, uh, healthy food is just such a, a broad concept. By saying something is healthy, that could actually mean something very different from, for a lot of different people. For me, that was right. low carb, but I, but I also found that uh, for a lot of different people, that could be vegan or gluten-free or low you know, calorie restriction or anything along those lines. And uh, what I just had always had a problem with was going to various restaurants and trying to customize something to, to my needs and having to do that either through uh, one-to-one human interaction or, uh, you know, some sort of paper mechanic that um, could, could easily be, uh, you know, misinterpreted or anything like that, uh, or just, you know, calling up over the phone and, and, and stuff like that, where there, there's just a lot of mistakes that can happen in the process along those ways. And it was right. here that I really saw that there was a technology piece that could be implemented in the middle. And that's really where the idea, the idea came from. And, and uh, myself and my partner hit the ground running from there. So what's it like uh, going into your restaurant? Like, how is it different from a regular restaurant? Is it just the food, or you know, it says you're well, technology driven? So what's how is it a different experience? Exactly. Uh, so for us, it's twofold. Um, the food, uh, the food always has to come first, and for at Square's Kitchen, you're always going to be getting hot proteins, um, fresh ingredients, and uh, uh, you know, really high quality ingredients on each individual level that all aggregate up to really, really tasty dishes. So the menu of salads, wraps, and quinoa bowls isn't necessarily anything uh, incredibly novel, but it's always prepared at a very high quality standard. And that's something we really focus on. Um, now, in terms of the consumer experience though, uh, as you walk into our store, which we'd have one right now, but we're working on uh, our second location here in our home city of Chicago, you're instantly greeted by not only, not only the tech, 32 inch touch panels that are really showcasing our technology, but you're also, we're blending that automated approach by making sure that humans are always present and always uh, we're always there to help. So even if you are a little bit, you know, certainly there is, there is nothing like this in America or, or, you know, maybe one other, one or two other stores with very, very similar bold technology pushes. Um, you know, we're, we're there to help. And we understand that this is going to be a change in the marketplace over the coming, the coming years. Um, but as you dive into each, each touch panel, um, you're going to be agreed with all of our SRK favorites. So these are pre-designed recipes that we've come up with, each with uh, detailed calorie and macronutrient information. So you're seeing carbs, proteins, and fats as well, um, as well okay. as recipes and all the ingredients in them. But you're also able to uh, customize, and every item you can 
uh, hit, hit the customize button or start from scratch and just build your own. And you're getting real-time nutritional transparency as you're doing that. In addition to that, you're also able to filter our entire menu by, uh, by diets or allergies. So if you come in and you have a nut allergy, you can select a nut allergy, and then we'll show you uh, on the ingredient level every item that, uh, that contains nuts, which is actually pretty limited in our restaurant for the purposes of you know, trying to avoid cross-contaminants and things like that. But as right. just an example, um, you could have a nut allergy, a dairy allergy, a gluten allergy, or you could be on some sort of diet. And we have, uh, I think, uh, um, eight, 18 different, or excuse me, 21 different combined diets and allergies right now that you can filter by. So um, is it a self-serve restaurant or you sit at the table and like the waiter or waitress comes and goes through the menus with you or like what's the experience like? Well, so the, all the menus on is on our technology in some facet, whether that's on our app at home, our website or in store on the touch panel. So that's where the, the consumer is ha having their point of interaction with the menu. Um, and then once they swipe their card or, uh, you know, place their order online, uh, that all that's coming out um, in the, in the back end on a ticketing system that we've created and each uh each entree is uh is labeled with all the ingredients in it as well as the name uh of the dish name of the customer and um has all the calorie info on it as well so if you wanted a second reference point it's right there for you um and we're handing the food out at a counter or if we've uh we see that you know we're as, because we're monitoring the uh the front of house while while the kitchen staff works um, sometimes we see that people are just sitting down and we'll just bring the, bring the food out there for them. Um, but it's typically a pretty, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, I think we, what we really focus on is blending the ability of having a bunch of touch panels out front that can take the orders. And so that our, our staff can focus on the food preparation. Um, but we're also, we have enough balance in that process that we are still there to be able to answer questions and provide a high level of customer service. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. What uh, what kind of feedback do you get from the people that eat there? You know, do they really feel like it's a super different experience, or you know, like what's their feedback? Why do they um, why do they like it so much? Well, I mean, like I said, first and foremost, food, the food quality is of utmost importance to us, and that's definitely why we've seen uh, very high ratings on all of our sales platforms and review platforms like Yelp and Google and all that sort of stuff. So the food is what keeps people coming back, but I think that ease of ordering and the ease of uh, customization is really what what drives a lot of that consumer experience as well we see a, uh, probably 60 percent of the meals that we make are customized um so we see that there's a lot of demand out there for that whether it's just from something simple like you know adding black beans to a southwest salad or something really complex like a you know pretty regularly these days making you know a 20 dollars salad of somebody just loading something up with Double protein and avocado and bacon and all you know everything they want and we're we're happy to make make something to anyone's specifications and that's really what we do best. There is definitely some give and take with the uh, with the technology focus and sort of taking away the cashier, um, but you know as much as possible through staff training we're we're getting uh, the feedback we've seen is oh if I have questions what can I, you know what do I do. Um, the we're having our staff out there out there to help people through the process immediately and then usually what we've seen is on visit two two or three every most people are it's a pretty intuitive system so most people are are pretty ready to go by by uh their second second visit and that's you know all the um uh sort of consumer education that we'll really need to do i do think that we want to recalibrate our architecture a little bit on future locations to make that that element even uh even more known of just uh, just making sure that 
consumers come in and they, they see that, yes, this is where I'm ordering from, but that there's still a whole staff back there that if you have questions that we're, you know, it's not uh, completely sterile and robotic. Right. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, you said 60% of people will customize, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like at Starbucks, it's kind of a runaway effect. People seem mm-hmm. to ridiculously customize stuff. What's it like mm-hmm. at the square roots? I mean, do people, do you find the customizations are rational or reason, reasonable? I mean, most restaurants penalize that. They say no substitutions mm-hmm. and they're not very friendly. What's the experience yeah, well, been like for customers there? Is it, are you, yeah. how are you seeing people react to that customization? Well, see, our, our whole process is built around a, a customizable menu. So for us, we, we embrace it. We want, we want people to customize, not only because it makes them happier customers, but also because it's a revenue increaser. Every time you're, someone's adding or adding items to a dish, it's additional food that we're selling on one item. Um, so for us, you know, the only, the only, we do offer a variety of customizations in terms of what different ingredients you want, but it is still limited to those ingredients. So that's sort of the, the, the cutoff point for us. You know, um, we're not making a system where it's, okay, well, I want this chicken without garlic in it. It's, uh, unfortunately, the chicken is what the chicken is, and that's spice, our proprietary spice blend, which does contain some garlic. So we can't address every single customization out there, but we can address, you know, 99% of them. Um, we've gotten some, some requests here and there that are, uh, okay, you know, I actually had to think about it. Um, we had a, I had a woman come in a couple of weeks ago that was uh, ordering some tomatoes. It was my first time coming across that. We've served tens of thousands of entrees at this point. So I actually had to go back, double check a couple of different spice blends and make sure that um, some stuff didn't have it. So her options were a, a lot more limited than I had actually even thought, um, just considering that uh, tomatoes, much like we had a garlic allergy recently too, that was very similar. It's just in so much stuff um, from, you know, barbecue sauce uh, into certain kinds of spices and things like that. So, um, right. you know, again, we can customize to a large degree, but uh, we are just sort of limited by by what's in, on our build line. Um, in both those cases, we really just opted towards a, a, a very fresh salad type entree and with a balsamic glaze on the side. Um, so, you know, it wasn't maybe exactly what they desired, but uh, it was as close as we could get. And we're always, we're always looking to help um, get to that point when we can. Are you seeing, I mean, you're actually gathering data, I guess, on uh, the customers. Are you seeing that mm-hmm. certain allergies or what people say are certain allergies are becoming more prevalent or that people are eating more vegan or more uh, paleo? I mean, have you seen shifts in what people are doing? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the three diets that are always, that have, we kind of knew this going in from our, we'd built a catering business ahead of time. And so we had gotten some feedback on this, but what we're really seeing is that, uh, you know, vegan and paleo are making a strong surge. Um, gluten-free is definitely clicked on more as a diet than an allergy for us. And I think that reflects the, the, fa- the facts around celiac disease and, and the gluten-free diet trend. There are plenty of people with celiac out there, but that's really about 1% of the population. Um, so probably the, you know, I think it's around like eight, 8% of people are, uh, who are on diets right now are opting towards a gluten-free diet. Um, the uh, uh, the vast majority of those are really doing it for sort of, a, you know, it makes them feel better, which is great. And that's that's the whole point of eating in any sort of healthy fashion. But it's not necessarily a gluten allergy. Um, so I think that's the that's the one uh, differential I might I might point out. But certainly gluten free, paleo and vegan are very, very popular right now. Um, allergy wise, we're really seeing, uh, you know, most of the things are just fairly common. It's sort of nuts. Um, we don't. We don't carry any shellfish, so we don't have anything to worry, worry about on that. And then, um, uh, 
you know, definitely some, some dairy sensitivities out there with a lot of sort of lactose intolerant folks. Um, but even, even for those, uh, we've actually seen most, most people just sort of know if you're lactose intolerant, you can pretty much sort of understand you can't do a cream, cream based dressing and you can't do cheese. And that's, that's really where dairy comes into play for us. So, um, that one's right. pretty, pretty self, self-evident. Hmm. Um, I don't know, any other trends or unusual things that you're seeing based on, uh, you know, what you serve in the restaurant? Are you seeing um, you know, trends, do you think, before they're coming? You know, like do you, it, it, you know, the weekend's different from weekdays. I mean, are you correlating mm-hmm. with, like, who's in the restaurant? Do you see that women tend to do something more than men? Or, you know, do you, I don't know, any of these correlations are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, certainly location matters in terms of that, the sort of weekend and evening correlation. Um we have found that the eating healthy function is definitely more of a weekday weekday element, definitely more lunch focused. And uh, you're, you see it sort of almost, it's at a peak on Mondays as people come out of their weekends and their um, Monday's always our busiest day. Uh, and sure. then that sort of tends to tail off into the weekend with Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays being our slowest days. Um, and it, it's one of those things that, you know, we're, uh, we kind of expected that and that's sort of how we were uh, understanding our, our customers through the catering business, but it's definitely borne out um, uh, in the, in the data on that, in that regard. Um, we are actually, yeah, you, we, said, we, uh, you said Monday is your busiest day. Yes. Yes. Always. Uh, pretty much always. I mean, it's on an, on average, it's definitely substantially busier than others. Well, there's another thing I see with restaurants is a lot of them are closed on Mondays. It's Pre- weird. Precisely. It's, it's like, well, why? Well, it's, it's, well, it's a different, it depends on the restaurant. So uh, a dine-in restaurant, uh, Monday, Monday eaters are trying to get back, back on a healthy train and maybe moderate from a weekend of excess. And they're not looking to go out to sit down at a, a restaurant on Monday. Whereas for us, because we're a lunch focused, healthy brand, Monday lunches are always, always very busy. Um, Monday dinner is kind of, uh, probably the busiest dinner for us, but dinner is definitely slower than lunch. Um, but you know, we are that quick service type place. So, um, you know, as people go through their week, maybe if they are cooking dinner or, you know, Thursday, Friday, going out to lunch, uh, for more of a sit down type place, um, they're looking to get that quick fix, healthy op- option earlier in the week. Um, when they have maybe have enough, uh, enough time to prep or are, you know, not doing, um, sort of leisure type activities, then by the same token, then they're not going out to sit down to eat at, um, places like, like you mentioned that would be closed on a Monday. Um, it's just so I, odd because everything you're saying is, well, not everything, but a lot of it's contradictory to what I've seen. I, I, I would, I, I think your way is better, obviously. Like, <laughs> like, again, I've been frustrated that restaurants say no substitutions or they're closed on Monday, yeah. which is just very odd to me. Well, you know, I, I I'm think glad that you guys are data driven. It's just, it's just funny. Yeah. It's just so different, you know? Yeah. Well, we're just, we're, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, so much of, of the food business is, I, I don't even know if I could put a number on it in terms of percentage, but it is sort of catered towards, um, you know, the, the excess, the entertainment, the drinking, et cetera. And look, I, I love, I love a good Epicurean, uh, uh, meal myself, like, like anyone, um, a nice hearty, you know, tons of calories, some drinks, all that sort of stuff, but that's definitely not a sustainable everyday kind of diet. And, you know, that's, that's the difference in our restaurant, um, and what we're addressing in, rather than um, some, you know, different types of places. I find even a lot of place of our competitors in the sort of fast casual space are still, are still really capitalizing on that, um, uh, you know, overstuffing type, mm. type behavior. I mean, if you go to a Chipotle, for instance, 
it's pretty hard to get a burrito with like less than a thousand calories. And that's, you know, substantially more than most people should eat. Uh, a 2000 calorie a day diet is, is pretty dated in, at, this, at, at this day and age. Most people's base metabolic rate is really more in the 14 to 1600 calorie range. So, you know, really? in one meal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's, you're taking your average size person and how much they move. Uh, if you work in an office and you don't move around a lot, unless you're working out with an extra five or 600 calories a day in burn, you're probably in the 1400 to 1600 calorie range. Um, so every calorie above that is just added, added weight. And that's part of the reason why 20 plus percent of Americans, that's we're at around 25% of Americans right now are considered overweight. Um, so it's, you know, something that we, we definitely focus on that we want to make sure that we're, we're giving people meals that are tasty and, and very, very delicious, but also healthy and, uh, and addressing that sort of, that, you know, calorie, calorie issue along with just putting in clean foods, no, uh, you know, fresh, fresh ingredients, uh, non-adulterated products, no preserve, as little preservatives as possible. I should say no preservatives. It's fairly hard to do. Um, but as right. little preservative possible, possible to just give people clean, clean, healthy food is where we can. You know, that's another question too I've had. Why would restaurants, I would think they wouldn't want to overfeed people to get them to come back again. I mean, I know people want to get value, but mm -hmm. do they feel like, oh, if we don't stuff them full and make them like that, they're not going to come back? Or, or, you know, how about like the room for dessert phenomena? If you stuff someone, how are they supposed to have room for dessert and order that? <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I think that varies a little bit by, by establishment. So, you know, a, a finer dining type place, uh, you know, um, trying to think of a good example here, like, I don't know, on a linear or something like that, which is a, you know, 11 course meal type of dining experience. You portions for each of those, each of those entrees or each of those courses are pretty small and they're, they're sustainable. Um, but I think you move down, down channel a little bit and definitely the type of diner that's going to a Chili's, yeah, Friday's Applebee's or something like that, more in the casual, uh, minus type segment. They're definitely looking for value there. And certainly the, the a diner at a McDonald's or Chipotle or something like that is also looking for good value there. And unfortunately though, what a lot of those calories are, are sort of, um, cheap, cheap, eat, cheap and easy calories. So, um, at a, you know, to go back to the Chipotle example, that burrito stuff with rice is pretty cheap. So you're, yeah, you're getting a thousand calories, but easily 500 of those are carbs. Um, as well as the, their tortillas, which are 14 inch tortillas and typically have around 300 calories in them on, on their own. So, uh, you know, most of that's bread <laughs> and that's, that's cheap and easy to do. And that's why they can price a burrito at seven to $8. Um, right. you know, and once you actually look at the, the full portions of, uh, you know, what all the other stuff you're getting, the actual protein and, and sort of high quality stuff in there is pretty minimal relative to the overall size. Um, but like I said, I think that does, that does vary by, uh, vary by establishment. Um, uh, but I think generally anybody who goes and orders something they want to be, feel satiated by the end of it. And, uh, you know, it's, there's a balance there sort of, at least for us, um, a, a moral obligation to feed people healthily, but also make sure they're, they're satisfied. And that's, that's definitely, there's a balance in each entree that we're putting together in that sense. Right. Okay. Hmm. Very interesting. So what's what's next for the square root kitchen? What where do you see that uh, the system can be made better or different? Well, you know, I think there's a couple of a uh, couple of tweaks that we want to make in terms of the architecture. So just making sure that pe people flow in and are uh, getting the best customer service they can, while also ha really taking advantage of all the all the ease of the automation and um, uh, the, the expediency that we we can provide with our with our technology. 
Um, and then we're going to start implementing that as we begin to look into our um, second location, which we're doing right now. Uh, we're kind of really gotten the kinks out on the on the tech side and understanding our system and all that. And we're ready to go towards a more, um, you know, we're in the West Loop of Chicago, which is a little lower traffic than sort of uh, Heart of the Loop, Michigan Avenue, really uh, bold locations that we're, we're going for next. And uh, we're also in talks with some, a couple of different uh, potential clients to take this technology and implement it into some other restaurants. So, um, you know, those are all going to be uh, any potential restaurant that we do implement it in is going to be um, complementary to us. So definitely not a direct healthy food uh, QSR type type uh, uh, concept. Um, but we're excited to potentially roll that out in um, some other concepts and really expand the ability of our technology to help help people eat informed and, uh, and with transparency and uh, as healthy as they can in a variety of different restaurants. Okay, well, very good. Um, are you going to open up any other square roots, you know, like in uh, or sorry, square foods and other locations right around the same area? Or are you going to keep it as a concept and then make changes moving forward? Uh, I think that we're going to look to open more uh, square roots kitchens um, throughout the city of Chicago first. We're probably looking at um, two, if not three, in what you, the loop, which is really the heart of downtown. We probably look for another one in River North, um, which is uh, kind of a mixed-use residential, but also with uh, some some office and uh, uh, just but just really focus on those high volume areas before we take it to another market. Um, we already are in talks. To, you know, people have been uh, investors have been impressed by what we've been in, been able to do uh, so far. So we already do have some discussions going on with some potential franchisee partners and in some bigger bigger markets on the coast. And what we'd really like to do is kind of uh, take the funding we have so far, leverage the uh, you know technology partners' uh, revenue as well as franchisees' revenue, um, and uh, let sort of bigger players expand for us in the big markets, and then use use that incoming capital to start funding our growth in other sort of uh, you know second and third tier size markets that uh, are are a little bit smaller but easier easier to control and um, you know have less competition. So we uh, we can win we can win in those. Um, easier than we could by, you know, going and trying to tackle a San Francisco or New York or LA or something on, on, you know, our second market. Gotcha. Okay. Well, very good. So uh, what, what's the best way for folks to, you know, get to the restaurant and check it out and then maybe to, absolutely. you know, if they have other questions, uh, contact you as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, our, uh, our restaurant is located at 120 South Halstead in Chicago, Illinois, uh, over in the West Loop neighborhood. Um, we're open every day, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Um, you can order from us directly in the store, or you can order from us online at squarerootskitchen.com. Um, we're also on a, a Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. And of course, uh, uh, you can always follow us on social media, um, so Square Roots Kitchen on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Square Roots Kit on Twitter. And uh, if you'd like to, re- like to reach me, um, we do have a contact form on the website, but you can also just email orders at squarerootskitchen.com. Um, and uh, uh, shoot us a, a request, a, a comment, uh, um, or, you know, we do catering as well. Um, we're here to help uh, every day. That's great. Well, like I said, Darren, you got to uh, affect all these other restaurants and open them up <laughs> on Mondays and, and fix their models there, you know? So, I'm trying. That's good I'm trying. <laughs> I know. Well, well, thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, and have a great day. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, 
blockchain, virtual reality, 